tidy do who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and this is episode 297 one day i shall come back yes i shall come back until then there must be no regrets no tears no anxieties just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that i am not mistaken in mine our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. Now, the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I... Um, the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour, and the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. A bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 who fans? <laughs> it's 297. Uh, rocking towards 300. Indeed, yes. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I hope you've all had a cracking week, that you're all healthy and safe, and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related. Indeed. We are approaching 300, dude. That's scary. I know. Crack, isn't it? Scary times. <laughs> kind of. Not scary. Great in a way. Amazing in more ways. Like how yeah. the bloody hell we kept this going for nearly 300? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's one of the big mysteries of the world. Mm. Not the world. That's putting more importance on us than is it's needed. It's not up there with the Bermuda Triangle or no, anything it's like not, that, but no. it's, it's, it's up there. It's up there, I would say. I would imagine people like John Barrowman, and um, the new president, Joe Biden. Imagine those sorts of guys. They're like, yeah, these guys have done it right. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. Biden was kicking back listening to the last ones going yeah these guys you know they're doing all right yeah well he needed something like our guys trying to rehearse he's like hang on a minute (laughs) trying to listen to the podcast oh they're just getting onto the scores come on (laughs) hold on (laughs) keep it down (laughs) i imagine they needed something as a that's a bit of a distraction from the whole trump stuff that was going on (laughs) yeah for ages you know we're it (laughs) yeah well not a bad thing it's quiet out there, dude, in the world of Doctor Who. Yeah, but wait. Oh. Breaking news, Gillian Anderson is the new 14th Doctor, apparently. <laughs> apparently so, yeah. <laughs> oh, more rumours, mate, more rumours. Some 
somebody i i feel a bit out of touch because i don't know who it is but somebody's made a video where they said some actress is it or a singer has made a video where they said oh i know who the new doctor is and she's oh. really fierce oh, God. And, and she's best friends with gillian anderson so everyone's putting six and two together and making 29 and they're like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's gillian anderson is the new doctor it's oh, like yeah. the mars singer they're just throwing out the craziest you know i mean i would love it gillian anderson would be amazing as the Doctor, I'm sure. Would you like, because you love the X-Files, do you like her as the new Doctor? Uh, not really. No? No. I think she'd be amazing. Nah. Well, how come? She's not quirky enough. She's not, she hasn't got enough. Oh, she's a bit dead. Wow. Well, Don't get me mean. wrong, mate. I, the X-Files is one of my favourite shows ever. And I think she's mm. brilliant in that. And some other things she's been in is really good. I'm not a huge fan of The Crown. My wife watches it a lot. She loves it. But the, the few episodes that I have watched when she was playing Margaret Thatcher, she was, she had that absolutely nailed. So she's, in terms of acting ability, yeah, dude, amazing. Mm. But I don't, I just don't feel she's quirky enough to pl- to play the Doctor. She, I think she'd be a bit too straight. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. That might not be a bad thing after Jodie though, because we want a complete <laughs> contrast, and Jodie is very quirky. <clears throat> some would say too quirky but yeah it would be nice to have you know a more serious doctor i think but i know what you mean she is a bit deadpan isn't she so i i, I could see it working though if she was announced as the 14th doctor i i wouldn't be disappointed let's put it that way i would be quite happy with that yeah no reject but, but it won't yeah. be it won't be it won't be but then again and i don't want to open up a huge can of of worms here but there's there's no guarantee that they will cast another female doctor, right? We could go back to having a male doctor. Yeah, we could. That's I... not beyond mm-hmm. the realms of, of possibility, right? I mean, let's for, let's not forget that the driving force behind having a female doctor was Chibnall. Yeah, yeah. And if he... Oh, this is so weird talking about this because it's all rumour and conjecture, but mm. if the rumours are true... Well, half of them anyway, because half of the rumours are that he's staying on and Jodie's going. But then there's another half that are like Chibbers is going as well. So if he is going, if that is if that if that part of the unreal thing is real, <laughs> then there's no the new showrunner might be like, well, you know, we had a good stab at that, and I don't know. We could go down a whole rabbit hole of if we mm. feel the BBC did this for political reasons or not. We don't know. But there's no guarantee that the next Doctor will be another another female. We don't know. So, I, I, my gut feeling is it will be. You reckon? Um, I, I I think it will, and I'm I'm all on board with that. To be honest, um, I kind of in a way want it to be because I'd like to see, I'd like to see a really strong female lead. Like we say when we watch the Sarah Jane Adventures, I want somebody like, like you know, Liz Sladen who really really sort of takes on and you know a strong lead but so i i would like to see another female doctor just to see uh, but i want them to be very different to jody uh, let's yes. put it that way yeah, i would definitely. like to see another female doctor but a very different doctor that's why i like the fugitive doctor joe martin doctor mm-hmm. because she was so different to jody in fact in the episode she points out that she oh i'm you know how different she is she's willing to just blow everyone's heads off so a lot of people <laughs> saying oh no but that's too far that's very undoctorish fine get get an in between the two or something would be would be amazing but we'll see anyway we'll, we'll it's all like you said it's all conjecture it is at the minute yeah. so we don't yeah. you're not up for lenny henry being the doctor no absolutely not he's no. too busy in the mass singer as blob you reckon <laughs> it's definitely him <laughs> <laughs> yeah true 
Uh, no, it's always a fun not. game to play, though. Who's going to be the next Doctor? Who's the next Doctor? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a funny thing is, as soon as the next one's announced, people will already be saying, <laughs> "When? How long are you staying? Who's the next? Who's the fifteenth Doctor? Uh, yeah. Are you going to be there for the sixtieth? Uh, I don't know." Here's a question, though, just before we move off the subject, right? So, someone was saying the other day about the new showrunner and stuff, because <laughs> of course, you know, Chris has stormed off and he's sulking inside the Dalek <laughs> suit. So. Does Chris like? Did Moffat get to choose Chris as the showrunner? Who, who, who um cast that job? No. Like, so, so would Chibnall get to choose the next showrunner? Who makes that decision? No, it's not the pre. Well, I I imagine the current showrunner would probably. So that's down to the the senior management for BBC drama. You know, wh- whoever mm. whoever runs all of that stuff, like the upper echelons of of the BBC, yeah. um, the people up on top of the mountain. So they, they're the guys that will, that will make that decision. But I imagine that the current showrunner will say to them, if you're thinking of hiring that person, then yeah, that's a great shout because of X, Y, and Z. Or if they don't like them, they might be like, eh, I'd reconsider that because of X, Y, and Z. So I think they, they probably have a hand in giving their thoughts on said person, but I don't think it's their decision. So it's like any job. So uh, somebody yeah. who wants to become the new showrunner of Dot Two, I'll have to come in and present their case and do an interview, <laughs> pretty much. So I mean, this is what I've done in the past, and um, you know. And I well, can imagine, like, when the BBC interviewed Chibnall, but he's like, "Well, look, I've done Broadchurch, mate. You know what I mean? Ten million viewers, so you might want to consider me." Well, and I don't think. Thinking, it, yeah. yeah, I don't think it works well, exactly like that. I don't think he interviews for it. I uh, think it's more a case of the executives at the BBC will invite him out to dinner or lunch and mm. they'll have a talk about it and say, you spoke to us a couple of years ago about wanting to do this. Can you tell us what your ideas are and stuff like that? Cause I imagine that, uh, I, I'm no expert, don't get me wrong, but I would say that if the, if the, the executives really want a certain person to come on and be showrunner, then they will go after that person and yeah, invite them hunt. to lunch and do yeah. all that stuff. And that person will be like, Oh great. Yeah. I've, that's cool. Or they'll be like, nah, it's not for me. I'm not, you know, I've got other stuff that I want to do. I don't think it's like you'll see a job advert up on the BBC website for a new showrunner. For So I don't think you'd go in and interview and all that. Like, I think it's more a case of, yeah, we really like you. We really wanted to w- want you to do it. But then it, it also depends on um, not just the current showrunner, but it also depends on... Um, the, the, it normally comes down to one person I found over the years of watching documentaries and behind the scenes of various TV shows. It typically comes down to one person who's like the cheerleader for who they want to be mm, as, I that, see, as yeah. that role. So yeah, um, there's, there's normally like a, a writer um, or, you know, a writing team or somebody or a producer or somebody like that. And they will be like, we really have to get this person to be the showrunner and they will champion that and they will mm. they will do that stuff so like i said i'm no expert but I, i'm pretty sure the current showrunner will say i think that's a good idea or you're crazy and yeah. then it's up to those people to be like well thanks for your opinion but yes or no we don't and we all know how like welcoming the bbc are when they want you and then as soon as they've had enough booted out on onto the floor with a bottle of <laughs> a bottle of gin Stephen Moffat's just outside the BBC by the bins. 
Have waiting for Chimnal to join him. Come and share this bottle. I've saved you half a bottle here. Yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah kicked out as soon as their, their usefulness has been. Whenever we talk about this stuff, it always <laughs> always reminds me of a scene from The Office in the in the um. I think it's either the Christmas special. Yeah, it's the Christmas special where David Brent he doesn't work at the office anymore, but he's got another job and he's going up and down the motorway and he's in this this motel and he's just like he's got a little glass of whiskey and stuff and he's having a good old rant to himself and um, he's like and he's talking about Neil the guy who took over his job oh yeah, yeah. and he's like he'll make one too many mistakes <laughs> and then what they'll do is they'll drag him out by his hair. And then they'll come to me, and that's where the begging's going to start. But this is going to cost you. This is going <laughs> to cost you. And he's, you know, he's half cut, and he's just having a good old rant about it to himself. I just imagine that Moffat's like that with his glass of wine, and yeah. he's just shouting at the TV. <laughs> it's, it's awful. But they're going to come to me and say, "Yeah, you were right all along." They're going to drag Chibbers out. <laughs> but this is going to cost you. <laughs> talking to showrunners mate have you been watching any of the new uh russell t davis show it's a sin it's a sin it's yeah a sin. i have been watching any of that i've not watched most of it i've only watched the recreation of the dalek attack oh right i haven't seen that bit yet seen yes the Ooh. recreation of that so it's a pretty sweet show from what i've seen though um, where, where was that bit then i haven't seen that bit yet um i i don't know buddy <laughs> i just looked it up i saw some people tweeting about it and i thought oh that looks oh, cool. right um but no i've not watched anything other than that bit but what's it? i've watched the first two oh. and uh, it's really good <clears throat> what i've seen um so they've uploaded the whole series to iplay so you can mm. binge watch it if you want um which is great in some ways uh, but it's also bad in others because I'm sort of really trying to avoid spoilers now. So I'm trying to quick, instead of sort of savoring it and enjoying it, I'm trying to watch it as fast as I can because um, I don't want to, any spoilers. And already I've seen that apparently episode three he's had everyone in bits. And uh, I've got a friend who's like, I never cry at tele TV, never makes me cry. And I was bawling my eyes out and I was thinking, oh God, because I'll cry at anything. Um, so <laughs> apparently episode three is heartbreaking. The fact the whole series is, but, um, the two episodes I watched are brilliant. I, there's something about Russell's style of writing, which is so easy to watch. And, um, but also he really, I mean, even in episode one, he packs a punch. So it's quite a sort of fun episode. There's lots going on. He's introducing all the characters in the brilliant way that Russell does. So you instantly love the lead guy and I don't know how he does it. He makes it look so effortless that you just get the characters from like literally in the, within the first 10 minutes, you kind of know who they are and you know, which ones you like and who always oh, a bit of a git and, you know, so it's, um, but yeah, even that first episode, you, you're all, you're going along for the ride and then suddenly wham, bam, there's a bit of a, you know, something happens, I'm not going to say what, and you're like, Oh no. And you're in bits and <laughs> it's just, his writing style is so good. Russell. He, and he hasn't lost it at all. I mean, you know, he's done a lot of television. This is his new project and he's been on all the talk shows, bigging it up. And you think, yeah, but I bet it's, you know, it's not going to be, <laughs> not going to be as good as sort of queerest folk or anything, is it? But, um, or Doctor or whatever. And then you watch it and you think, God, he's, he's so good. It's, it's really, really good. Well, I've only watched the first two, but, um, what I've seen is just so good. So much, the style of writing is just brilliant. Yeah. I just have so much admiration for Russell. I really do. Yeah. Um, no, even though he ups- it looks, it does look very good. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say I, I am. I am looking forward to to finishing it off. Yeah, to get into the. I think it's only six parts, so I should probably get that finished by the end of the week. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just preparing myself for it. Everyone says it's emotional, so I'm just, <laughs> you know. And also now I don't want to watch it with my other half because I I hate um, 
crying in front. I, I, if I'm on my own, I actually quite enjoy, you know, I quite enjoy TV moving me to the extent that I, you know, I'm teary. I quite like that mm. sort of feeling of, it's almost heartwarming. Isn't it? But if I'm with someone, you try and hold it back. You're like, no, I'm, no, I'm not, no, I'm not crying. <laughs> um, so it kind of ruins my enjoyment. So I've been trying to sort of say, oh, it's not really your thing. You, you won't, I'll watch it on my own. You, <laughs> you won't like it. And, but no. Yeah, go on, sod off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let, let, you know, let me have the TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, like a little cry. You like yeah. a bit of a. Well, I, yeah. I like it when TV moves you. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I always mention the speech, the hologram speech that Nine does in cool. Part of the Ways. I just love yeah. that scene, and it gets me all emotion. I mm. like that feeling of it's, uh, you know, it's not crying because it's a sad scene. It's crying because of the words he's saying about having a good life. It, it means something. I, I quite like it when television does that. Mm. You know, that it can move, it can reach in and find something in you that you relate to that moves you to the extent you feel that yeah, emotion. I quite like that feeling. It's a bit but, like um, the Vincent and the Doctor episode, right, at the end. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. That's an emotional yeah. build-up, and that gets yeah. you every, that gets me every time anyway. It does me. Yeah, that's another That's another good example. Yeah, yeah. No. So I don't know. So I'll, yeah, I'll be watching the rest of that and um, trying to not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll read you, mate. Before we move on, we haven't got any news or... or um much really to speak about before we move on to our review um i assume you pre-order the because this was this dropped as we were recording last week it did yes so i assume buddy that you've pre-ordered the season 24 blu-ray collection box set oh i was doing it as we were doing the outro yeah, because <laughs> we were <laughs> we were recording the podcast last week and um I could see I'd suddenly got loads of messages. Like my phone was going mad. I was like, well, what's happening? So, you know, we're d- the music's playing. We're doing the, my name's Gary, my name's Adam. You know, I just quickly glanced at my phone. Like, why is everyone? And I'd got a missed call from Ad. I thought, what's going on? What is happening in the, you know, if I miss something big? And of course, everybody knows that I love that season. So like so many people were saying, Ad, Ad, guess mm-hmm. what? It's season 24's the next set and it's out now. And I was like, so yeah, I was back. We were doing the outro and I'm, but I'm on, you know, like uh, HMV.com looking to see, and apparently Zoom haven't got it. Zoom are a bit, a bit, um, yeah. uh, oh, I nearly said a swear with them. They're not very happy because apparently they may not be getting it. And um, they didn't know anything about it, which is, I think, why they're a little bit miffed. So they're like, well, we weren't, normally we get a little press thing sent to us so that we're geared up to put it on pre-sale, but we haven't even got any on order. So we, we're not going to put it on our website if we don't know if we can, mm-hmm. you know, commit to if we're going to get stock. And also... Some people are saying that they might be closing because they're not stocking new releases. I don't know. There's something going on with Zoom. Not quite sure what it is. So, you know, take that all as uh, not as red sort of thing. But, um, yeah. But anyway, yes, obviously I pre-ordered it straight away. Um, I love McCoy. I really like that season. It's uh, It kind of fits into the – I mean, I don't like this phrase, but it does fit into the guilty pleasure Um Sort of section if you like because it's not great in terms of the production and the performances are a bit pantomime and silly and but there is a charm to that season and I think because I watched it at the time when it first went out and before that Doctor had got quite gloomy with the Colin Baker era is quite grim and you know the Doctor's Colin's Doctor as much as I like him was was quite fierce I just loved season 24 because it was a complete change of direction it was fun it was camp it was bright mccoy was just a, a totally different doctor i i just love season 24 so despite all its faults i'm delighted it's the next uh 
release and the extras dude oh the extras mm-hmm. have you have you seen some of the stuff that's going to be on it yeah it looks it looks awesome i mean the yeah. trailer with bonnie mm-hmm. is brilliant 24 isn't it 24 carat 24 carat <laughs> what a, oh i was in heaven watching that after we recorded i just thought it was so good um with them all doing their little auditions and then you knew it was mccoy coming in looking a bit skywalker in his black hood you know, and he whips it off and with he's the in the seventh doctor and, out. Yeah, with yeah. a spoon. <laughs> just brilliant. I I just I, I mean, just so grateful how much effort they put into these sets. Mm-hmm. Really, really can't stress that enough. I mean it's um <laughs> you know, these things have been issued quite a few times now over the years on DVD and stuff. So the fact that they really go for it with these sets is uh, you know, something we should be grateful for, I think. So yes. much love goes into it, doesn't it? Into them, I mean. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and I was the same as you as we were recording yesterday, um, last week. I had a couple of people message me to say, you need to look at this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm recording at the minute, so it can't be, oh, hold on. Yep, I do need to look at that immediately. So well, I jumped on and ordered it. And um, yeah, but sorry. I said to you, didn't I? I was like, Gary, it's season 24. And you're like, I know, I've just met you. would message me in, on Skype as a recording, but I hadn't seen it. And you're yeah. like, I know, I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement levels but i know it's not your favorite mccoy era because it i mean as much i know you love mccoy now but i think it, it took you a little while for you to mm-hmm. to get into his era because of the production values and stuff but um yeah probably not your favorite mccoy season i guess but uh, it's, it's still fun isn't it like doubt and the banning man cracks us up doesn't it with, <laughs> yeah. with bonnie and the green baby and all of that yeah. it's crazy yeah i uh, do you know what dude it's um yeah, the McCoy era just grows on me every year. Every year, and the more I watch and stuff, it just grows on me more and more. And do you know what? Yeah. I don't. I, I don't mind season twenty-four at all. I, not at all. I think it's. Um, I think it's got two absolutely bonkers, crazy stories <laughs> with Paradise Towers and Delta, and they're just completely bonkers. Yeah. Um, but there's something so good about that because they they have a wonderful way of combining this dark undertone, especially in paradise towers this dark undertone and sinister Mm. stuff that's going on under the surface but it layers this kind of fun uh just energy on top of it which is great and um yeah i'd say 20 i'm over the moon mate for this i think this is one of the best uh it's up there for me as one of the 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 best things just because the stories like you just mentioned but the special features as well just crazy like the um uh, we've got um, Colin Baker coming back to watch yes. some stuff on the uh, on the sofa stuff. You That's going to be amazing, isn't it? Behind the sofa things. And it's just really cool. So we've got Peter Davison watching it. We've got Colin Baker. Uh, people that weren't involved at all in Who at that point, but they just drafted them all in to come mm. and have a look. So um, I didn't realise Peter was on there. Was on, I, knew, I knew Colin was in it. I didn't realise Peter was. Yeah, Peter Davison. Well. That's brilliant. As yeah. well as Jeanette Fielding and Sarah Sutton, they've they've come back to yeah. um to have a crack as well and watch it with those guys. So uh, it's really cool. But then we've also got the um that doctor's table thing, which looks really good. Yes, uh, which is cool. And then you've got the um the extended versions of all of those four stories that are on that season. Mm. They're with like unseen stuff before. This is crazy. I, was say, like, I, I didn't know that 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 they yeah I, that's new to me. I was thinking I, I know they've done extended version of McCoy stories before, but I didn't don't think any of these have ever come out extended before. So yeah, that's gonna yeah. be mad. Yeah. Yeah. So even after all this time, they're still 
putting out new stuff that we haven't seen before from Classico. Amazing, it's amazing. Yeah. I think we've got the soundtrack as well. We've got all the isolated music as separate tracks you can listen to for these new these new um things. Brand new documentaries, the Matthew Sweet thing, obviously. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Matthew, Matthew Sweet talking yep. to, to Sylv. That'll be fun. I'm yeah. sure that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, we've also got something on there called convention footage, which oh. is a bit vague, but that might be quite cool. So you and I and, you know, we're big convention goers normally. Yeah. Outside yeah, normally, the COVID yeah. world. Yeah. So, dude, I can't wait for this. I think it's going to be awesome. But I'm a bit, yeah, I normally order these sets from Zoom. Mm. So like you, I'm a bit weirded out as to why they're not on here. But I've got season eight pre-ordered with them. So hopefully nothing goes wrong with those guys and and that's all good. But I was really surprised because normally those guys are on the ball. So I'm wondering why they haven't been included. And they've been really good to us in the past. I mean, they gave us two two sets of the previous. Um, What was the one after the very first Tom Baker set they brought out, which was what, series 12? 12, 12. yeah, 12. The one after that, what was that? Um, Uh, Was it? Was it Peter? Can't remember. Might now. have been Peter. Yeah, they gave us two copies of that to give away. Um, uh, a couple uh, was it a couple of years ago now? Yeah, or last year. Um, so they've been really good to the podcast, and they've normally uber friendly, and you know they're they're a bunch of good guys. So, and I like the fact that they feature Doctor Who prominently throughout their website, even when there's not a big thing going on. Mm. They normally have a big Doctor Who section and stuff. So. Yeah, a bit upset that these guys haven't had another chance to do it. But so I had to put an order in with Amazon. Otherwise, I thought if I if I wait for Zoom and they don't get it, I might miss miss it on Amazon. That's as well, the thing so. you don't want to miss out. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I had to go with old uh, billionaire what's his face for the pre order. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, hopefully Zoom will get them. But they, they might do. Gone. Yeah, it might just be because I think it was. I was surprised. I mean, it was a bit sort of. Um, maybe it was a bit sort of. Bit of a shock announcement. I don't know, but uh, yeah, hopefully they'll get it. Just keep checking, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, very excited for that. I think it's is it scheduled for June, something like that, um, or is it one that hasn't got a date yet? But it hasn't anyway. got a date yet. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, pre-order it, and we'll let you know when it's due to. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there, actually, there was a date when it first went up on Amazon. I think, I think you're right. It was June, July time. But then they took it off pretty quick. Mm. So yeah, but it's a it's it's a great season. I know it's not up there with a lot of people's classic who sort of favoured eras, but I think it's going to be cool. Wonderful set. It's going to be fun. Yes. Yeah. Right. Before we move on with our review, just want to remind everybody to. Um, and thank everybody who does currently subscribe to the show. But you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you get your podcast on. Just do a search for Big Blue Box Podcast. That way you won't miss a show when it lands every Friday. Uh, we also um, have a website, Big Blue Box Podcast at UK. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there. Plus, you can read all of the cool articles that our writing team put out. And um, there are links on the website to go off to the socials. We're on those two, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or just do a search for us there. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and give us a like and a follow over there. We have a free Discord server as well. So there's a link to that on the website. Come and hang out with other Doctor Who fans and chat all sorts of, of Doctor Who over there. It's um, We have stuff about Classic Who, Modern Who, Big Finish, merchandise, the whole shebang. 
<laughs> the whole lot. The whole lot, yeah. So come and get involved over there. And uh, we also had a really nice review on Apple Podcasts recently from a user called Steely M. Uh, so I don't know who you are exactly, but uh, I just want to read this because it's lovely. She says, or he or she says, uh, since 2014, uh, the host Gary and Adam have been entertaining our ears with this fantastic podcast. The heart of this podcast lies with the love that the hosts have for the show, which makes it really stand out from the rest. Every week uh, they give us the latest news. Uh, uh, Dalek Tat sassily throws in the latest merch, but Dalek Tat is no more. Uh, finally, they <laughs> review a story from Doctor Who or one of its spin-offs each week, giving their honest, giving us their honest opinions and thoughts. If you even remotely like Doctor Who, I can hundred percent guarantee you will love the podcast. What are you waiting for? Stop reading and press play. Thank you so much for that review. Whoever you are, Steely M, that's so lovely uh, for you to to put that on Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much for that. That means the world, those reviews. Uh, I know you can't leave reviews on Spotify and some other podcast apps, but on Apple Podcasts and I think Stitcher and a couple of other things. Those of you that have left reviews, thank you so much because um, that really helps us out within those apps as well. So if you go on and just search for Doctor Who, it helps our show um, come up you know, near the top of those results with those reviews. So thank you. Thank you so much. And then lastly, very quickly, remember to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. Oh, yes. It is the Geek's Handbag. Yes, there'll be a new video possibly out the the night this podcast goes out. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It might be. It should be. I've almost finished editing it. So, yeah, there could be a video out right now. There could be. <laughs> possibly. Don't yeah. know. It's all time and wine. We're recording this on Wednesday. So it should be. The crazy world of YouTube, eh? I know. Yes, but yeah, go and check out Adam's channel. Loads of cool stuff over there. Right, buddy, review time. What have we got this week? Yeah, so this week we're back to the Torchwood guys, and the episode's called Reset. Suddenly in an underground mortuary on a wet night in Cardiff, I hear the song of a nightingale. Miss Martha Jones. We've got a murder victim and a survivor, both attacked with hypodermics, both with their medical records wiped. And more cases across the UK. We're not dealing with a freak with some needle fetish. This is a conspiracy. My money's on this stuff from Marie's blood. I had HIV. Alien life form is preying on the human bloodstream. I need a way in there. We're on the edge of the greatest discovery in history. It's got to be worth a few sacrifices. What have you done? What have you done? Ooh. What have you done? So, Reset from Torchwood. This was first broadcast back on the 13th of February, 2008. What a lovely episode to watch for Valentine's Day, eh? <laughs> yeah. It was written by J.C. Wilshire, directed by Ashley Way, stars the usual Torchwood Hub crew that we've seen throughout Series 2 thus far, uh, with a couple of um, additional supporting cast members, one of them obviously very prominent and another couple of people there. And the story is Martha Jones arrives at Torchwood after reports of numerous deaths a medical researcher has been injecting workers with mayflies. The mayflies cure all illness before killing the patient. And Martha has got one. Or she had one. Mm. Or she might still have one. I don't know. She might Hopefully do. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. So, reset, buddy. What are you saying about this one? Yeah, um, quite good, actually. Quite a good, solid <laughs> episode, this. I, I quite like this one. Yeah, yeah. quite good. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's, there's nothing. Yeah, the thing is, with rewatching these tortured ones, I haven't got to any episode yet where it's sort of blown me away, or I've been like, "That was brilliant." You know, so I, we, I just haven't been getting that from from these rewatches. They're, they're all good, um, you know, in their own way, uh, or at least most of them. Are. We've had a couple, one or two duds, 
But um, no, it was good. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought it was a, a solid ep, is how I would describe it. Um, it's a good idea of these parasites that, you know, and clean out the body and, and cure stuff, but actually they don't. And then you've got all the aliens being experimented on and stuff. And you've got um, the guy who used to be in Neighbours, who's actually a very good actor. Uh, what's his name? Alan Dale. Um, and then you've got Martha thrown into the mix. And I think this is kind of what makes the episode interesting. I think if you didn't have Martha in this, it would be a very standard run-of-the-mill tortured episode. But because you throw Martha into the mix, it does make it more interesting. And um, and she's really good at it. And she fits in very nicely with the whole Torchwood team, actually. So it was, yeah, I mean, the, the best way I can describe it is I, is I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And I thought it was a good, solid episode with a decent story. And, and the ending shocked me. Now, it's not the first time I've watched Torchwood, obviously. I've watched Torchwood a couple of times over the years. Um, but obviously, they haven't stuck in my mind because when Owen got shot at the end, I was surprised. It was as if it was the first time I'd watched it. I was like, Owen been shot? I don't remember, I don't remember this. <laughs> And I was thinking, does he die? I, I, I genuinely can't remember if he dies or if they bring him back to life in the next episode. I mean, there was a trailer at the end, so I know he's in it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he comes back alive. I can't remember how they do it. Or maybe he does die. I honestly can't remember. But the ending shocked me. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good. Um, yeah, there's some good little scenes like Owen and Tosh have a little moment finally because she's been trying to... Ask him out on this awkward date, and he's such a lad that he hasn't even realised because he's such a geezer. Um, and he finally says yes, and I thought that was a nice little moment. And so yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was decent. Yeah, cool. cool. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a fairly decent story. This one, and actually quite enjoyed it. You know, it was one of those episodes yeah. where it it does move along at a decent pace throughout. Yeah, pacing most of it. was good on this. Yeah, yeah. I think something we've struggled with in the past with Torchwood, especially early on in series two, the first couple of episodes, was that it felt like it had some good ideas there. Some of it was, but it just felt like it was, it was like, right, you're 20 minutes in, you think, right, the story's going to really ramp up now and get going, and it doesn't. And, and then it doesn't, yeah. Half an hour in, 10 minutes <clears> later, <throat> it's like still not quite there. And then before you know it, it's done and dusted. And you think, well, that was okay, but... It just felt like it needed a bit more oomph, you know, a bit more. Uh, We've said that with a few know. episodes, haven't we? It's got a good yeah. concept, but it just doesn't. It stays in the same gear, I think, is how you described it. That's and, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas this one, dude, I thought it was, I thought this one was actually pretty sweet because it had a good mm. combination of, it was a bit of a detective story for the first half. It was trying to figure out exactly why these people were dying. And there were some clues, but even when you had the combined effort of Owen and Martha, the two medical experts, they still couldn't figure out what it is was happening. So all you had was people dying uh, without any known cause, really. And the only clue at the scene of the crime was a puncture, needle puncture mark in their eyeball, which was disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> so you didn't really, you didn't really know what was going on because they didn't know what was going on. It wasn't like the viewer was left with any clues and it was like, you know, sometimes the um, they they write a story where, as a viewer, you get like a little bit of a, uh, a, a not a, an explicit like this is what's going on, but you you're kind of one step ahead of the people in the show. You mm. kind of know what's happening, and you just almost 
And I think that's what prompts people to shout with their TV sometimes. It's like, no, it's you, you kind of shout because you want them to get it. Yeah. But you didn't have that here. You were along with along the story and the journey, along with the characters. So you were you were in the dark as much as they were. So that was cool. Like it was a detective story for the first half. And then the last half turns into a more typical tortured alien esque um story where you see the giant mayflies, you know, those things that have now yeah. mutated and they're huge and one chases after Martha, doesn't it? And then we see another one in the in the tank. And there was also that I think it was the first time really where you actually thought Owen was a decent guy. You know? Because yeah. I mean there was a slight because there was a, a couple of times that like you mentioned like Tosh and Owen had this little thing where they he agrees but up to that point he'd always brushed her off so nonchalantly like oh yeah in your dreams tosh sort of thing it's never gonna happen but in this one he yields and he's like all right then yeah we'll go one date see what it's like but then he kind of ruins it when he's like i'm still gonna flirt with everybody and <laughs> and all that but it's the first episode really where you kind of think he is actually a decent guy because of that scene and then there's that moment of triumph where he extracts the mayfly out of martha and doesn't kill her mm. with that device because up to that yeah. point it's always gone wrong but he's so eager to get it right and he does it and then at the end he, he obviously moves himself in front of of everybody and takes the gunshot so i think it was a great character progression for him and uh yeah i just thought it was the first one where i was like actually yeah he's not too bad owen when he's not being a complete dick he's not too bad yeah, he does. I was going to say, particularly series one, he's very cocky and sure of himself and he's a bit arrogant and stuff. They do soften him a bit more in, in series two. He's had some good moments. I mean, he's had some some quite comedic moments and him and Master are quite good together, aren't they? When There's a bit of rivalry there where she know, obviously knows a bit more than him. And she's like, well, have you done this bit? And he's like, well, I've, I was just about to actually. And uh, so there were some nice bits like that. Um, he is likeable, Owen, but I know what you mean. He, he was a bit too cocksure of himself i think in series one yeah uh, plus he should he should grab toshiko with open arms he doesn't know how lucky he is yeah uh, but so uh, yeah yeah no it is good i i'm really uh struggling not to click on because i'm on wikipedia i'm thinking oh i should click and see if he comes back alive in the next day <laughs> i genuinely can't remember what happens to owen he does uh, can yeah. you he does yeah he comes back as oh he does yeah i think it's almost like zombie zombie owen in the next one if i remember i can't remember i mean yeah. i didn't even remember i knew obviously that martha jones was back in this one i i can't remember how long she's in it for um so obviously i know she's in the next one because mm. she's in the trailer but is she in the next three she is um, yeah she did a trilogy of stories yeah yeah and is that so yeah i was gonna say because i seem to remember reading at the time that she was offered you know, to, to join full time, wasn't yes, she? They were, that's right. they did offer, um, uh, um, Freema, uh, you know, a, a proper con contract to be tortured full time. And I think she initially agreed, but then decided at the last minute that she didn't want to be in it. Cause I think she got offered a job in some other courtroom drama on ITV. So she sort of drops them at the last minute. And I don't know if it's during this series or, or what, but, um, I do remember that specifically. They had mm -hmm. to sort of write it. They'd always sort of written the scripts and it kind of threw the production into a little bit of turmoil because they were like, oh, well, we, we thought you were going to join Tor Torchwood full time and now 
you're telling us you're not and but we've already written the script so we're gonna have to change a few things and so i mean that may be just after this because clearly she's in the next couple of episodes but she would have fitted in very well freema i have to say i think the only thing is i think they might have played up to the jealousy of gwen with freema which is ridiculous over jack because mm. that was the one bit of the episode where i thought oh no here we go when yep. Gwen starts questioning, oh, are you and Jacka? Have you, you know, done anything? And I thought, oh, don't start all that, Gwen. Um, but, yeah, I do think Freeman would have fitted in, or rather Martha would have fitted in mm-hmm. really well in, if yeah. she had a joint, which she was so close to doing, I think, yeah. full time. Yeah. Um, no, I agree, mate. Maybe that's why they kill off so many people in the next series, because they thought they were going to have Martha <laughs> in it, because maybe they thought, oh, we're going to be a bit overcrowded, so we better kill off a few people. Um, I don't know. I can't remember yeah. where in the production this was all happening, but I definitely remember at the time that Martha was going to join. Yay! And then it's like, oh no, she's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right though, mate. There was something, and I'm pretty sure it relates to Torchwood and not coming back to Doctor Who. I think you're right. I think she was meant to come back and be a, a, a full-time regular Yeah. in Torchwood. But then what was that courtroom... I can't re- Do you know, it was, I remembered yeah. it sort of, and I've forgotten it. She basically dumped the world of Doctor Who to go and do the courtroom thing. Yes, and it was, I seem to remember it was last minute. I don't know, yeah. the newspapers probably bigged it up more than it was, <laughs> but I remember they were like, you know, Russell T. Davies furious after Free Ragba, you know, abandons yeah. them last minute sort of thing, which it probably wasn't anything like that. I doubt he was furious, but... I doubt yeah, it. Yeah. He probably sort of threw a pen across the room or something. Yeah, this is not Chris uh, Eccleston we're talking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to find out that, that drama. Yeah, while you're doing that, um, I, I think Freema fits in really, and she slotted herself in really nicely with the, these guys. And to a degree... They kind of got that stuff with Gwen out the way relatively early, which is good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that bad either, to be honest. I just when it first started, I thought, oh yeah. no, but it, it wasn't bad at all, to be fair. Yeah, because they could have written they they could have written that as a as a whole th- like thing within the episode, like throughout the whole thing. There's this tension between Martha and Gwen. So they because that wouldn't surprise me because that would be very Torchwood. Because how many times have we groaned and rolled our eyes at a review of Torchwood where we're like, oh, Gwen's got this thing for Jack and they have this glance at times and are they going to, you know, all this ridiculous stuff. But, and I still don't know why they, why they carried on that little nugget of story where it's, it feels like Gwen has sorted everything out with Reese. You know, after the whole, you know, a few episodes ago when he got his ass kicked and then he, everything's fine. And now he's aware of everything. So he's in that world to a degree. And so she doesn't have to lie anymore. You know, everything yeah, seems to be yeah. cushy. So I don't know why they keep coming back to this little thing about she's got this big thing for Jack. I just can't. There's no, I can't see the payoff, if you know what I mean. I can't see yeah, the, no, the, I do. Yeah, how the conclusion is yeah. going to be anything of decent television. <laughs> no, I just realized Reese wasn't in this episode at all, was he? I'm, I kind of, I like it when he just pops up, even if it's just a random scene of him, you know, having a funny scene with Gwen or something but yeah he wasn't mm. in this one at all was he um yeah. the series is called Law and Order oh that's it that's the one <laughs> that was the one that uh Freema appeared in now you see this could be where time has, has changed the you know our memory of it I I'm sure I remember press things at the time saying she'd thrown the production into chaos because she dumped them last minute that may be completely exaggerated because according to this it just says that Eurus Lynn the director of Children on Earth uh, intended for Freema to appear in the production 
but she was already committed to law and order. So maybe it's just that she already took that job and, and couldn't do it. Who knows? But anyway, Who it knows? would have been fun, I think. It, I definitely can imagine Freema in Children of Earth. I think that would be really cool if she'd been in that series, actually. Mm. The next series of Torchwood, yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing about Freema as well is she she gets it from a, a bigger picture point of view. So with some actors who are just obsessed with playing that same part i don't want to speak poorly of uh old mr mr john barrowman cbe but <laughs> i'm sure he's cbe um but he's he he just wants to play that character all the time you know and he wants to be in that one setting all the time mm. whereas you have someone like Freema where She's like, okay, I'm not going to go back to do the main Doctor Who show. That's fine. My time was done on that. But I will tweak things slightly and I'll go into Torchwood and do a little little bit over there. And she gets it. She's not like, like you could never imagine Rose, Billy Piper, coming up and playing something in Torchwood. I just cannot, I could not see that because that's not enough for her. She has to be being dragged around holding on to the Doctor's ankles the whole time. So I don't think that would work for that particular character. Whereas someone like Freema and Martha, that just works. It just, the, it, she, she realises, because they have that conversation, don't they, her and Jack, where he's like, do you miss him? And she's like, yeah. nah. And then she's like, oh, right, maybe a little bit. And then she, mm. they have that catch up, like what she's been up to, how she got hired at unit as a medical officer and all that stuff. So you understand that from her character's point of view, she's made her choice. She's, didn't want to travel with the doctor anymore all good and that's it it job done dealt with you know and now she's focusing on helping whatever's going on on earth as part of unit and stuff like that whereas you have characters like rose that are constantly like regardless of what's happening in the universe what's at stake it doesn't matter she's just constantly yearning and like she wants to be with the doctor and that's it there's no compromise there's nothing yeah so i can't imagine someone like rose working well in something like torchwood but like I said, fortunately, Ro, uh, Martha really does work. And uh, and they got that stuff with Gwen out of the way, you know, within the first 15 minutes. Mm. She, Gwen corners her, doesn't she? She likes, you know, what's this thing with you and Jack with you two sort of thing. So they get that out of the way and then that's it. It's like down to business, getting everything done. So And I really like that because if they'd have gone the other way of Gwen having this jealous streak throughout the episode, it just would have ruined it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Uh, the character Martha was perfect to, to slide into Torchwood and um, I do think she could have worked very well as a full-time cast member but I don't blame Freema because you know if she was offered the other job or even if she was already doing it um, you know she probably felt like well I've done Doctor Who I want to get something else on my CV I don't want to be known just for Doctor Who and uh, I cannot blame her either way whatever the sort of truth behind all that is I can't can't blame her for, for wanting to do a different show you know, to get to get more on a CV than just Doctor Who and Torchwood. So absolutely understand it from Freeman's point of view. But I think Martha is a character that I like anyway. I think she's a very um, overlooked, I won't say underrated, because those of people like myself that like her, like her. But I do think she's a bit overlooked sometimes. Um, I just I just really like the character of Martha. Her family get mentioned as well, and I'm not so keen on her family. That's one thing I will say. I mean, I much prefer like Donna's family to me. <laughs> <laughs> but like but Martha's family they're a bit um her mum was a bit of an old dragon wasn't she <laughs> not the actress but the the character of her mum was a bit mm-hmm. moany and stuff so 
but yeah, I just like the character of Martha, so it's, it's nice to see her popping up in Torture. She she works well with the cast. Like with Jack, you get that nice little moment. There's obviously talk about the Doctor. I don't think they ever, I don't think they actually mention him by name, do they? They sort of keep saying, "Oh, do you think he put yeah. a word in? Do you think they sort of say we we know who they're talking about, but I don't think they explicitly say no. the Doctor." The only one things, thing is when Owen is questioning Jack about. Oh uh, yeah. And he says, we're under the same doctor. We're under the same doctor, that's right. But they, but he doesn't, yeah, They between the two of them, they never say the doctor. Do you know, it's, um, cool. Barrowman's not, he's not really at the forefront of this episode, is he, that much? Not Thinking as about much, it. yeah, not as much as he, he usually He gets a couple of nice is. scenes, yeah. but he's not really, he's not sort of, the, I suppose, really, Martha's the sort of lead character, rightly so, because she's like the guest star this week, but... Yeah, Barrowman takes a bit of a back seat in this one. Not to say he isn't good in the scenes, is it? And he's he's he is good in it. Um, the bit yeah. where they're torturing that guy's quite nasty with the weevil. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's quite horrible. There's a bit of an alien moment, isn't there, where the thing yeah. bursts out of his chest. That's a bit gross. It was um, cool though. It, it was, cool, yeah, though. it was good. Yeah, Jack's doing his shouty thing because that sets up what could potentially happen to Martha later on in the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's it. The writer, uh, J.C. Wilshire, never heard of them, um, but they wrote this. And um, they the, the construction of the episode, like you said, it flows very nicely. Like you get the little, so you get the funny scene when, <laughs> when Owen nearly <laughs> blows off um, Yanto's head for the first time he tries to use it. That's fun. Yeah. And then the second time he tries to use it on the guy they're interrogating and it still doesn't work. So then... The third time with Martha, he's got to get it right. And you yeah. kind of know he's going to. But yeah. there's still that doubt because he hasn't got it right. So, yeah, it's set up very nicely throughout the story. So you get a comedic moment, a not-so-comedic moment, and then the sort of, like, life-and-death moment. So that, the writer um, does a good job in that in setting these things up. And it does flow very nicely, this story. I didn't find myself getting bored. It switches from scene to scene quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And the story seems to move at a good pace. I agree with you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and uh, Freema does come back to Tortured, not on TV, but if you know any fans of Big Finish, you will know that she's back a few times uh, in Big Finish, which is cool. I think the latest one was last year. I think it was called... Um, uh, what, you're dissected. looking at that? Yeah. Oh, so, does it? Yeah, the story dissected. Um, Freema's in that, and she's pretty sweet in that. And again, like, was- uh, like most like most actors who return to play a character from Doctor Who on, on Big Finish, they've done really well. Yeah. I must get into those tortured audios. I, I hear they're really good. There's one coming up with uh, Tenant, which I shall probably have to get. Um, but yeah, I hear they're really good, the tortured ones, but I haven't got any at all. Well, I'm sad to say. Uh, I was just going to say, as far as I can see, J.C. Wilshire, the writer of this episode, I think he only wrote this one. I, can't, I think he's only credited to one torchwood episode um which is um surprising because he seems the writer seems to get the whole i think you said it a little bit he seems to get the whole idea behind torchwood he's got the aliens being experimented on he's come up with a cool concept of this creature that manages to cure things like you know or seems appears to cure cure things like diabetes and aids and hiv and so it's, there's a good concept there and so it's surprising he didn't come back to write any others maybe it's too busy writing other stuff yeah, but it's, maybe. Good. But it's a good, um, like I said, it's a good mix of like alien stuff that you would expect from Torchwood, along with the team trying to figure out what's going on. And talking about John Barrowman in this, I, I, I quite like him when he 
when he plays this kind of role because or this type of captain jack and the reason for that is because it lets first of all it lets the other characters in torchwood do their thing mm-hmm. so yeah. that's that's cool but then he also it, when he's written to put his foot down and be firm at the right time that really works so again there's been quite a few episodes of torture we've reviewed where we've said that sometimes he does this kind of gunslinger over yeah. the top uh thing where the the story's kind of built up and up and then it's just him basically kicking the door down waving his pistol that's not a euphemism and then he's like you're going to be shut down blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like it turns into a bit of a hollywood um wannabe kind of thing whereas yeah. in this one it's really cool because he's kind of observing more than anything else he's letting these guys do their thing and he even says it he's like right you guys go off and do that uh you and you know me and martha will go and do this so he he delegates properly from a managerial point of view and but it's not till the very end where he they go back to the farm um lab laboratory thing and he's uh he's sort of squares off against Aaron, doesn't he? And he's, yeah, you know, he's like, you can't shut me down. You know, we're official. And he's like, oh, I can. And then he lays out exactly what he's going to do. He's going to wipe all the network discs and then he's going to uh, torch everything, I think, burn everything. And so he's firm at the end when he needs to be. But then that's the only time. And then even at that point, once he's put his pistol away, he's not, he's not trying to be the Hollywood action hero at that point. He's just trying to be, you know, asserting his confidence as the leader of Torchwood. Mm. No, you're perfect. right. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's perfect. I, I I know exactly what you're getting at. I was going to say, there's another scene, isn't there, when he's like, when he first meets Aaron, you know, the Alan Dale character, um, and he's trying to sort of say, we're we're coming in, we're Torchwood, we can do whatever we want, and um, Aaron's just having none of it. So he's like, no, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. And there's again, he doesn't take it to the next level, which sometimes Barrowman does. He plays that scene quite sort of understated, and it's. I think he's better when he's played it like that. Yeah, you know, just not so sort of um, shouty, I suppose. Like you said, not so gun ho. Yeah, if you like. <laughs> Old Jim Robinson, eh, from Neighbours. Jim Robinson. I was trying to think yeah. of the day. I mean, Alan Dale actually is a good actor. What was that? God, he's been he in loads in, of things. What was the thing he was in? For, so obviously, Neighbours. We all know him from Neighbours, but then after Neighbours, he went on to being something for quite a while, with quite a serious role which I think then made people start taking him more seriously because, no offence, when you're in Neighbours, you kind of get pigeonholed <laughs> as a soap star. But what was that thing he was in for quite a while after Neighbours that kind of got him respect as an actor? Because he is a good actor. Yeah, very good. And he's good in this. You know, perfect casting for that, dude, that role. Dude, he's such a hard-working actor. He's been in beep tons of, of stuff, man. I mean, other than Neighbours, he was in... Um, well, he's been in so many things, but he was in ER for a while. ER, yeah. Yeah, and then he was in the uh, the West Wing for a while. That was a good role for him. Uh, then he was in the OC, NCIS. They were good roles for him. Ugly Betty. He was in Ugly Betty for a Ugly Betty, oh, wow. God, remember that? Yeah, he was in Lost as well. That was a really popular thing. He was in yes. Entourage. That was another really popular thing. Uh, the Killing. He was in Once Upon a Time. He wasn't great in that, but that was a popular thing. I remember that. And he's yeah, he's been in Homeland. He's like so many things. Dynasty. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's like he's had over. <laughs> they still do uh, over fifty roles since Neighbours in nineteen. I don't know eighty five onwards. 
So yeah, man, he's a hardworking dude. I mean, right up until now, yeah, I mean, his current thing is Dynasty. He's been in sixty episodes of that, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's just he's been in so many things. So fair play to him. Yeah. He takes to get out of the like you said the pigeonholing of neighbours takes a lot of work. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and as I said, I, I know he's been done loads since Neighbours. So uh, it is good to see him pop up in this. I just yeah, I just think he's a good actor. I don't know why he had to do the American accent though, because. <laughs> Although he does it well, to be fair, it's not he's not bad at it by any means. But I don't know when you're so used to hearing somebody speak like like that, it you immediately pick up on oh, what, why is he doing an accent? Well, you know, but it's not a bad American accent, to be fair. No, I think I think he spent the bulk of his acting career after Neighbours doing an American accent. American accent. Every yeah, I was every that, single yeah. thing I've seen him in post Neighbours has been him with an American accent. Yeah, so I, think I think he's, he's probably, probably normal right. now. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably has completely lost his Australian twang. Yeah. And uh, he probably does. Torture didn't want <laughs> numerous shrimps being thrown around any barbecues, did they? But I think um, I think it's probably natural to him now. It's like, oh, dude, we thought you were... Yeah, maybe they hired him to be this Australian dude and they, he turns up and they're like, oh, we thought you were Australian. He's like, well, I used to be. I'm more American now, so deal with it. <laughs> but maybe they cast him as an Australian actor, and they were disappointed. Yeah. But but he's 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 kind of cool though. I mean, he generally plays these characters of this kind of is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a bad guy. He's just got that uh, corrupt, uh, sinister feel about him. So he plays that very well. Yeah, yeah. It does, yeah. Uh, what did you think to uh, Tosh then? I know we spoke about her briefly, but she's probably the most, I think Tosh and Gwen, you know, they take a bit of a backseat, you know, in this story for me. They just, Gwen's hardly in it. She's she? hardly in it, yeah. And Tosh, she has a couple of scenes other than that scene with, with Gwen, uh, uh, sorry, with Owen where they agree on the date. Other than that, she's just tapping away on her keyboard. Yep, yep, I've done this. One cool thing though about the episode was when they give martha the contact lenses that are the cameras yeah i liked that and yeah. stuff yeah that was sweet do you know what dude i think that was that was ahead of its time because i can absolutely see probably in about in in 10 to 15 years time they will actually be a thing not so much the camera but people will will be wearing contact lenses and you'll see like tweets come up in your eye or text messages or yep. directions as you're driving your car or whatever so that was ahead of its time man and i thought that was that was done really well like sometimes with those things like the camera angles are a bit goofy and you think mm. what that person's seeing that's not what you're watching on this on a monitor that's a different camera thing that they filmed separately but it was actually done really well it was that was a sweet part of it yeah, so I mean about the uh, again credit i assume the writer came up with that idea and it's a, it's a great idea i think um, it's one of those that, like you said, it doesn't feel dated like some of the stuff might. Uh, it does feel ahead of its time. You can totally imagine us doing that in the future. I'm surprised we're not already there, to be honest. How many? This is, what, 12, 13 years old already, <gasps> this story. So come on, get those contact lenses out. But yeah, it does. It works really well, doesn't it? And I loved that scene when uh, Martha's first trying to get initiated into the, the farm. Mm-hmm. And... Um, She's getting a few things wrong, and they, they, you know, Tosh is like putting up the symbol, telling her she's not to say certain things, and mm-hmm. that worked really well because it created a good bit of tension, didn't it? Yeah. You're like, oh, she said the wrong thing, and the only thing is though, she then manages. She, she they they say, oh, we'll get back to you, but she's got to get in, and they say, so she manages to turn that 
situation around by saying, but actually I've got this uh, hepatitis, isn't it? She That's says, right. yeah. which they immediately then say, oh, we better come in then. I think, well, what? surely they thought about that before she, surely they thought how are we going to get her in before? So yeah. it, it, seemed, cause it seemed like she thought of it on the cuff, like, oh, quick, I've got to think of something. But you'd, I would have thought they would have, come up with that sort of plan before going in to be honest yeah like unless a plan she was B. just testing the water to see what was yeah maybe going on sort of thing yeah maybe they had a plan b well that well they should have had a plan b because it didn't go as it as it was supposed to obviously they thought mm-hmm. i think they think that she was just going to rock up take some blood apply and then yeah well good because they were just looking for any subjects anybody yeah but yeah she fought on her feet though old martha she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of reinforces Jack's confidence in her, which is good because the other people in Torchwood, when they when she suggested the idea of going in undercover, they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we can't do that. And then Owen even comes up to Jack afterwards. He's like, look, this is a bad idea, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like and Jack's like, well, we've both been in situations like a hell of a lot worse than this. And I trust Martha with the fate of the world. And uh I think Owen says something like, really, that much? And he's like, well, I have done. And he, and I think that's Owen's realisation that, okay, Jack like really thinks highly. Because if you think about it, Martha was quite pivotal in things like the Stolen Earth and yeah, those that two-parter and the, uh, what was it, the, the Oscar Harden key, what was it called, that thing that, you know. Yeah, I know, yeah. The, whatever uh, it's called. It was, yeah, something key. Yeah, yeah and uh, so she's in charge of that. So she's she's been in some high-stakes situations before, so this... I think I don't think she necessarily said this will be a walk in the park for me, but she was more than capable of doing that. So that again was was written very well because normally somebody like Owen or Gwen would even step up and do that. Mm. But then, like we were saying, Gwen and Tosh are not really in it that much, and that goes back to Tosh. There's a couple of scenes where she's doing her thing. You know, she's got a groove on with the networks and the keyboards and all that IT techie stuff, and that's it really. I think they just default tosh to that mode when yeah she hasn't got anything else to do they're just like right just get tosh to do some typing on the keyboard and hacking into some networks and that'll be it job done so other than that tosh and gwen were fairly quiet really it's, it's a shame isn't it because we know that tosh is a um a good character and it's you remember that episode where i can't remember why but she was acting different where she acted a lot stronger in I can't remember what what the you know, but she was a, the the character was a bit different. She she was the one in control, and Owen was the one that was chasing after her. But it was like I liked it when they wrote her like that, and um, I wish they'd give her a bit more to do. Sometimes I think she's a good character, but you're yeah. right. The default is oh, just give Tosh some yeah. computer stuffy to do. That's that's her done. Yeah. That was the last episode, Adam, where that guy makes oh, her think yes, you know, that that's it. she's yeah, in love with yeah. him and she's a lot more confident and a lot more confident. but that's yeah. good because she she played that really well and i think so we know she can do that that sort of style of character for tosh so mm. but i mean yeah it was it was supposed to be very different so i guess she can't be like that all the time yeah um, what did you think to uh just want to finish up on the alien side of things so we saw the weevils you know they're expected in torchwood now yeah um, what did you think to the actual uh, alien that they use in this than the mayflies because they looked kind of cool you know when that woman died and they came out of her mouth and then yeah they all died suddenly that was cool but then we saw a much larger version so we i think they said that the mayflies mutate once they're inside a host and then they grow and stuff like that so we see these really massive mayflies and there's a really sad bit where um uh 
Gwen is looking through like a glass canister and there's one inside and it's dying and stuff. So you kind of feel for them. They've been captured by this company farm and then they've been essentially just tortured and manipulated into doing this sort of stuff. So it's kind of sad in a way, but um, they did look fairly good though. The effects for the time, not amazing, but the actual effects did look, there's a bit um, where one of them chases Martha and it's quite dark and you think, okay, they've got away with that. But then we actually see a much larger one later on uh, and it looks kind of cool. It doesn't look terrible. No, I, I, I thought the effects, while not amazing, were certainly good for the time and they, they do stand up all right now. Because like I said, this is 13 years ago, mate. It's um, So yeah, I think they, they look decent. Like, they're not the best effects, but God, yeah, it, did, it didn't, jump out at me as being bad or anything like that because there is that scene like you said where the, the giant one's chasing Martha and you you probably could be picky and say oh that looks a bit ropey but um, for the time they, they, I think they're pretty good effects yeah. yeah especially like you said all the creatures that have been experimented on and that stuff all looked very good in fact the whole production in this one's not bad it's, it's, it's pretty good mm. there's a bit where Martha's tummy is sort of bubbling yeah. it's got the parasite thing inside her and that that looked pretty good for the time like her stomach you know i don't know it, it was quite gross mm-hmm. but it yeah, yeah looks quite convincing yeah i mean um, it obviously took its cues from that side of things from the alien movies you know that's a, definitely a given yeah. but that's not a bad thing because it wasn't a direct rip off of it it was just you know like all good sci-fi it sort of borrows little bits here and there from other sci-fi yeah. and yeah so it does that has that common typical tropes that you'd expect from good alien style sci-fi so that was cool but yeah the effects weren't too bad unfortunately there's not too many of them either no it's, i was gonna say know. it's not very effects heavy is it this one no no which is good but yeah the bit where it comes out the patient's mouth that all looks quite good and, uh, and that surprised me as well i don't know about you i wasn't expecting that to happen so that was a bit of a sort of jumpy moment which worked mm. quite well yes yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, there's not, for me, there are certainly more positives than negatives with this one. It was. Yeah, uh, me too. And yeah. and uh, the death of, well, quote unquote, death of Owen at the end, uh, that happened really quickly as well. Sometimes they write death scenes to be quite drawn out and someone's cradling them and there's like a goodbye speech and, mm. and there's lots of tears and stuff. Other than Tosh having a bit of a tear up, you know, afterwards, it's um, it happens quite quick. For old, uh, for old Owen. Yeah, and I thought I like you were saying about Barrowman as well. I like the fact that he kind of snaps, doesn't he, and sh- just shoots um, Aaron straight in the head. He's, yeah, that's cool. Like he's yeah. he's not messing around at that point, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, it was it was a good surprising death. I, as I said, I, I'm quite intrigued by how he comes back alive. They probably saved the big tear jerking, cradling death for. Yanto, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure in Children of Earth when he, unless I, my memory of torture is so bad, I think he <laughs> dies in that. I don't know. I seem to remember a lot of tears from Yanto in mm-hmm. Children of Earth. I could be wrong. Talking to Yanto, he does provide some good comedy moments in this. <laughs> he, he, again, yeah. it's a bit default, isn't it? But um, there's the bit about the beret when yeah. Marvin oh, yeah. says, "Oh, um, <laughs> Jack says you might want me to get you a." a unit berry, a red one. And he's like, oh, well, yes. <laughs> so there's a couple of good little moments like that, I thought of him. And the bit where he, um, uh, Owen nearly blows his head off is quite funny as well. It's his face in that bit where he ducks yeah, and then his face comes like, back up. He's like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so 
Not too bad for Yanto. We do unfortunately default back to to Alfred in the Batcave a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Especially at the start when uh, Martha first arrives and it's a sort of POV. POV oh, of, yeah, um, yeah. And he's like, sorry, we're closed. Oh, sorry, Mom. Didn't realise it was you sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But then again, there's not much you can do ultimately. I mean, I know we complain about that sometimes, but realistically, if you start to write Yanto in doing all sorts, then you're just crowd. You're just muddying the water for what you know what's going on you can't unfortunately it's the same problem that doctor who has when you have more than one companion as soon as you start adding more people to the mix and it would have been even worse because martha's in this one then you're immediately every time you write stuff for another person someone else has to have less screen time because you've got another person which is obvious to say but when you think about it in terms of writing a tv program you ultimately end up with well yeah yanto probably could have done one of the things that maybe Jack did, but then he does have he does get involved a little bit. He goes off with um, who who is he with? Is he with Tosh? As their uh, ex- no, it's uh, it's Owen, isn't it? Well, when they go to the farm, yeah, is it is he with Owen or Tosh? Is it is Owen? Because I thought Owen was with Martha to do the whole medical thing. I can't remember. So I th- anyway, whoever he's with, you know, he's doing his in, his investigating stuff as well. And he taps his little thing. He's like, yeah, Jack, this is like sit rep. This is what's going on. <laughs> so he does that, all that stuff fairly well. But yeah, he does default back to that. There's, uh, there's a bit where they caretaker. drive off in, the, in their souped up car as well. And Jack turns to whoever it is he's with. I can't remember. I thought it was Owen, but he says, oh, the grey is so not her colour. Oh, that is Owen, yeah. yeah. I, fa- I felt like uh, yeah. that was a bit of an ad lib. I was like, I bet Barrowman just threw that in. <laughs> Is it, it just sounds, the way yeah. <laughs> It sounds more like John Barrowman than Captain Jack, doesn't it? It did that, seem a bit lines, random. Yeah. A random comment, yeah. Yeah, I read you. Yeah. Ah, okay, well, I've got nothing else on my notes to go through, dude. So unless you have, we'll get onto some scores. No, no, I've got nothing else. Got nothing else. Right. Uh, I think it's me to go first. Uh, I'm going to give this a 7.5, dude. Oh, okay. I'm giving it a 7. You're giving it a 7. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's one of those. I love it when I, you know, I quite often struggle with the scores, but occasionally an episode I just like this one. It's just a seven. There's no debate in my mind at all. So. Mm-hmm. I read you. Yeah, I gave this a seven point five because I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of those Torchwood stories that had you gripped pretty much throughout the story, and just not many, not many negatives to sort of bring the store down to the score down too far. We had that little thing with Gwen, which is annoying, and we had. Mm-hmm. A couple of moments where you thought that, okay, we we know that certain people survive, but they're just longing out these kind of, are they going to die? Are they not going to die sort of thing with with Martha and stuff. But other than that, yeah, it's not, not a bad, not a bad Torchwood at all, this one. No, not bad at all. I am yeah. looking forward to the next one as well. Sometimes when we do these Torchwood episodes, like I'm not really always left particularly gripped or looking forward to the next one but this one i am i'm looking forward to seeing what happens to Vowid and and a bit more martha yeah uh, okay cool so a seven from him and a 7.5 from me what did our listeners think we had a few in this week as usual from dan under sammy satine g'day gary and adam sammy satine here so reset really interesting concept for an episode a drug that resets the body back to its factory settings it's such a heinous crime that is committed on the mayfly and the human trial subjects. Also, this whole insect coming out of you thing just freaks me out. 
Still, a great episode. I love Martha in it. It's nice to see her. Dr. Copley is a murderer. He murdered Owen. Also, those aliens and the trial subjects. I give it eight mayflies out of ten. See ya. He is a murderer, Sammy. Murderer. Eight, yes, good score. Yeah, an eight from Sammy, not a bad score there. Uh, thank you very much, Sammy. Moving on, this is TARDISNet66. Reset is probably the weakest story of Series 2 of Torchwood. It's not bad, just very forgettable. I think I would enjoy it more if I enjoyed Martha more as a character, but unfortunately I've never found her particularly believable or convincing as a Doctor, and this story kind of centres around her. And the plot isn't very intriguing in its structure. It just kind of prods along. We have an interesting idea with a drug which can reset the human body and cure anything. And interesting themes at the end with the immorality of exploitation. But they never really become part of the story until the end. So most of the themes remain unexplored. Huh. Mm, not much of a fan. It's okay. weird, isn't it? I, I, I always see. I think Martha's such a good companion, but I know a lot of people who feel the same as Tardisnet. They just don't. They're not bothered by her. Um, see, I prefer her to Bill or or even Rose. I think. I think she's probably my second favourite new series companion. I like Donna best, and then probably Martha. But yeah. not everyone like not yeah. everyone agrees. No, I read you though. It's um yeah, it's quite a common thing with Martha, unfortunately. But she's a great she's a great character. She is, yeah, but they're not really feeling it, Tarlis, isn't it? No. Not feeling that one. Uh, thank you very much for your review, as always. Uh, moving on, this is Neil Cam. Hi, guys. How's it going? So, where to start? Reset. I can't believe that it's been 13 years since Torchwood Series 2 aired. Time flies. Like, that is absolutely crazy. And Torchwood Series 2 is a very strong series. In fact, the programme was riding on the crest of a wave at this stage. Um. It's great to see Martha cross over from Doctor Who. I thought her entrance scene with Ianto was very funny. Um, her interactions with the rest of the crew, um, especially Owen, are very good. But obviously, number one when it comes to that is their interactions with Jack. And they're talking about their travels with the Doctor from Doctor Who Series 3. And I actually find the camaraderie and chemistry between Jack and Martha is actually far better than the chemistry between Jack and Rose from Doctor Who series one. So with regards to the story itself, it was very strong for a Torchwood story. Um, it was a cool plot and the villain, Alan Dale, it's funny seeing him because I just remember him from being, you know, a really nice family man from Neighbours in the 1990s when I was a kid growing up. I think Martha brings legitimacy, credibility and a tad of nostalgia to Torchwood um, as she's crossed over. So all in, I'm going to give this story a strong 8 out of 10. Cheers. Another 8. eight. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs to know. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll read you, Neil. It's, um, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly one of the Torchwood episodes that, and you're right about Martha as well, lending a little bit of legitimacy to to the medical side of things at least, and also bringing a little bit of, um, the other side of Doctor Who into Torchwood as well, because um, the the Doctor himself or herself is not mentioned hardly at all throughout Torchwood. So when you have a full time companion that travelled with the Doctor, and that's the other thing as well that was that was kind of cool that we forgot to mention was that when they're doing her, when they capture her at the end, they say that they found some stuff in her blood and everything, and mm. and uh, and they were like, yeah, that you've travelled in space and time, which is why your blood cells are 
you know, a really high count of something or whatever. So that was a cool little nugget. But yeah, you're right, Neil. It's um, yeah, she does bring a certain level of of legit to the story. So yeah, and an eight as well from Neil. Another high score. Oh, cool, uh, yes. Last one. This is Mr. Joe Turner. Reset is a rather slow-paced story. Incorporating Martha into the more adult torture team was nice to see. Her and Owen formed a great partnership. Owen's death comes as a shock to us viewers, even though I've seen it before. It comes out of nowhere, and the emotion from the team reflects us as the viewers. At times, I found the whole super drug plot that can cure anything a bit unoriginal. Yet the Mayfly was a cool idea, even if the CGI wasn't great. Also, I love the use of the machine to save Martha, but it's a bit strange how it finally works on Martha's goat and rather convenient, as in the previous two attempts, Owen nearly killed Yanto and exploded Billy's stomach. Finally, Tosha succeeded getting Owen to agree to a date, but again, she's very unlucky as Owen is now dead. It's nice to hear the Doctor recommended Martha to unit and there was some nice humour, but to me it seems as though they knew this would be the episode Owen dies and the story was just a lead up to having that scene. As I've seen tortured lots of times, it is very much a setup. Jack was good and the introduction of Martha almost toned him down emotionally. Also, it very much focuses on the correlations between Owen and Martha's character. Overall, I give this episode a 7 out of 10. Thank you. Slow pace! Sorry, I just wanted to do a Colin Baker. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I didn't think it was slow pace, but fair enough, Joe. I thought it moved on quite nicely. Yeah, I did like Joe's um, very sort of, yeah, well, she's unlucky because he's now dead. <laughs> yeah, no, no sympathy at all. None at all. Dead. It's true, though. I mean, dead, we, all, we said it a few times. The tortured people, they're very unlucky in love, it seems. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much to all you guys for sending in your audio clips. Your audio reviews, very much appreciated. We didn't have any on Facebook. We had a few on Twitter, though, so I'm going to rattle through those ones. Our writer, Jordan Shortman, was first up and said, brilliant episode. I remember this being one of my faves from the original run, and Martha is brilliant. I remember the ending really shocked me, but leads to a nice trilogy of adventures next. The Mayfly is a good one. One-time creature, too. Brilliant. Rotide, the episode is a solid watch. Owen dying at the end is still an emotional as it is as it was the first time, I love to see the growth of his character through the series and was sad to see him die. An eerie and intriguing episode indeed. I give it a solid 8.54449 out of 10. Very, <laughs> Very precise. precise. Yes. Very. Uh, Chippy T, a crackerjack of an episode, tense, exciting and emotional. Without demeaning Torchwood, this is a story worthy of who? The Mayfly is a great idea. I wonder if RTD ever thought of saving it for the Doctor. Nine tears mm. of sadness for me. <laughs> oh a bit of sweet nine out of ten for chippy t nikki h or nick h says an okay episode that delivers a gut punch at the end martha does not add much to the plot but she fits in well with the team mm. an average episode lifted by the ending a seven out of ten. Seven. okay dokie henry gillespie i really do like this episode i think the inclusion of martha is very nice with a good balance of fan service and plot relevance the idea of exploiting aliens for human gain is well done. The ending was a real shock and sets up the next episodes well. In brackets, two of my faves. And oh. gives it a 7.5. And lastly, Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian, says a good storyline and great to have the crossover of Martha and units from Doctor Who working with Torchwood. Am I the only one that gets distracted by the fact that Jim from Neighbours plays the evil doc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sad when Owen dies, having said, having saved Martha, and she thinks she can't save him. And Sarah gives this an 8 out of 10. Nice one, Sarah. Some fairly decent scores here, mate, for this Not one. Not bad. Not bad at all, which is good. So that was Torchwood and Reset. Thank you very much to everyone who sent in your reviews, either with audio, uh, in audio or on Twitter. Thank you very much. Next week, dude, where are we going? 
So next week, yeah, it's um, we're revisiting the Matt Smith era with the episode "The Angels Take Manhattan." The Angels Take Manhattan. Yeah, I do you know I was convinced this was a two-parter. I always think of this as a two-parter, and it's not. It's a st- I don't know why I thought that because hmm. when I saw it on the schedule, I was like, well, "That's a two-parter." It's not. No. Uh, maybe it's because it's a big. It's the finale, isn't it, to Series 7, series is it? Series 7. It's the mid-series finale to Series 7. Oh, of course. where they maybe do that that's break. why I'm thinking yeah. it's a... Maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But I think... I haven't seen it in a while, but this is the one where we say goodbye, isn't it, to Amy and Rory. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yonks. Nah, nah. Yeah. Series 7, isn't it? It's Series 7. Say no more, mate. It's Series 7. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're up to next week. But I think we'll wrap there, though, for 297. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming back and listening to the show. If you have just jumped on board and this is your first time listening, then thank you very much for joining us. If you've come back, if you're one of the long-time listeners, one of the grizzled ancients, then welcome back. It's great to have all of you here so we can talk about Doctor Who. Uh, For 297, next week, as Adam said, for 298, we are looking at the Series 7 mid-series finale. It is The Angels Take Manhattan. So get your... Get that watched in whatever format you've got it on. I'm not going to tell you to reach for a limited edition steelbook. You can do that if you want. It's up to you. Or reach for the the old DVD box set when it first came out. Or look at it on iPlayer. Netflix, I'll leave it up to you. But just get it watched. That's all we're saying. Because next week, as always, we'll be asking you for your thoughts and reviews. uh, So we can play them or read them out on the show. It's the best bit of the show. So get that watched. In the meantime, head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our shows on there. Plus, you can uh, read all of the awesome articles and reviews that our writing team put up there. Some really great stuff. So go and check that out. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, There are links on the website to those things, or just do a search for us. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and give us a like and a follow over there. And we have a free Discord server as well. There's a link on the website to that. Come and sign up and it's free to do so. Just come and hang out with other Doctor Who fans and talk about all sorts of Doctor Who stuff over there. We talk about Big Finish. We talk about classic Doctor Who merchandise, thoughts on what's happening in the world of Doctor Who's in terms of rumours and what we think is going to happen, all that jazz. So come and check that out. We Also, remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is, in fact... The Geek's Handbag. <laughs> the Geek's Handbag, yeah. Go and have a look at my channel. Lots of vids. Be a new Doctor Who autograph video up any second now. Loads of vids over there. Yeah. So if geekery stuff is your thing, you want to see Adam review all sorts of stuff, not just Doctor Who, loads of things, on-the-spot reviews, convention reports, and roundups and location visits, all of that stuff. And uh, a highlight is Adam going through his blind box unboxings oh, and watching the joy or the, the sadness of what um, he gets out of those things. So really cool. So go and check that out. The Geek's Handbag. Until next week for 297. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember. A- 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 A-